Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges, and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Scott Luton here with you at Supply Chain Now. Welcome to today's episode. Now, we've got an outstanding episode today. We're going to be talking with an industry uh, dynamo and business leader that is an expert when it comes to digital transformation, cybersecurity, and a whole lot more. And our guest might just love the manufacturing industry as much as I do. So with that said, I want to welcome in my friend, Helen Yu, CEO at Tigon Advisory Corporation. Helen, how are you doing? Hi, Scott. I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for having me here today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. You know, we have long admired you and what you've done from afar. I think we've had the opportunity to collaborate on, on a couple of projects with some uh, leading technology platforms out there. But I love your perspective and expertise, and I can't wait to share it with uh, our global uh, SCN fam, as we call it around here. Thank you, Scott. Likewise, I really admire your work as well. Well, um, so I appreciate that. I want to dive in, Helen, on the front end. Uh, I usually like to kind of get to know our guests a little bit better, uh, especially folks that may not have had the, um, the opportunity to um, engage with you and check out all of your content and thought leadership out there. So let's start with this. Tell us, what part of the world did you grow up in, Helen? Well, there are two parts of my childhood. Very early on, I grew up in Tianjin. So that's a city 75 miles southeast of Beijing. That's the capital of China. China. And then I moved to Beijing as soon as I started elementary school. But I actually grew up, grew up among eight other boys, right? My cousins and my brother. And uh, I was raised, uh, I was the youngest and only girl. And it was a tremendous experience. Uh, so professionally, I actually grew up in the tech world. Okay. Well, so tell us uh, back to that um, being the youngest and the only uh, female and having uh, eight brothers. To pr I bet you beat up on them. Is that how that worked, Helen? Well, I learned how to survive. That's to put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Well, well, let me ask you. Um, because we're about to go uh, kind of how uh, uh, how the, the tech world kind of shaped your journey. But they're growing up in those two wonderful Chinese cities, the second one being Beijing. What um, what activities as a kid did you really enjoy, whether it's a game or, or um, you know, what y'all did together, you and your brothers and cousins? What was a big part of your childhood? Well, being raised by my grandmother, the most enjoyable moments were the time we had to make our own toys, right? At a time, we were not really wealthy, so we have to make everything. For example, making paper airplanes or, you know, playing with kites or making, you know, using the wood, piece of wood to make things out of it, like little Boy, we didn't have Legos at the time, unfortunately, <laughs> but I, we were all very hands-on, chasing each other and running around. As a matter of fact, I run really fast, and they had to put me in the groups with boys because of the way I grew up, because we run, I, I run away all the time growing <laughs> up. Yes, and then the second part of my favorite part was to listening to story. Every evening, uh, my grandmother, we all, you know, sleep on a 
same big wooden bed, and then I would curl curl up to curl up to my grandmother, and she would tell one story every single night. And there was a what's the mor- moral of the story? I was always the one who listened the best, right? I was able to listen to it and translate that into something meaningful for me. So to this day, I still remember all the stories she she really shared. Um, Man, when I was uh, growing up. That is such a special time. I, much like you, I revered uh, my, all of my grandparents and um, really uh, cherished those times we spent together. Now, it sounds like, um, Helen, not only were you uh, fast in general, you were a fast learner and able to take those stories and apply them later in your journey. Um, I appreciate you sharing that. Let's let's talk. Let's switch gears and let's talk more about your professional journey. I think you were about to share there that you uh, that the tech world really shaped a lot of who you are and, and what you've done in your career. Tell us about a couple of positions that really shaped your leadership and your worldview, Helen. Sure. Well, instead of talking about my position, let me talk about the two pivots I made in my career. The first pivot was from a bean counter to a bean grower. I actually started my career as an accountant and financial analyst, and I learned to code as a Hyperion consultant and went on to design and implement hundreds of financial planning applications working alongside the CFOs and CIOs. So my financial background, self-taught technical skills, and consulting experience enabled me to pivot to a being grower later on. The hey, second- really quick, uh, Helen, if I can ask, um, that that requires, and I love how you put it there, from a bean counter to a bean grower, that required, that pivot required a ton of courage and probably willingness to take that leap. Yes. Where'd you find that inner strength? So the inner strength is really comes from how I was raised by my grandmother, right? You have to be able to step out your comfort zone, constantly knowing that you're not the best at everything you do and be willing to be a beginner for everything, right? So the curiosity is out there really for me, you know, in order for you to become the best, you have to take yourself out of being the best and being the newest. Uh, being the learner, right? And that's really the, how I was able to pivot. And then understanding that, you know, there's, it's a journey being the, you know, really being the best may not be the goal, but the, it's a journey for you to learn and grow. And to me, it's like learn and, and grow, learning and growing those are all the inter, inter, interchangeable um, in my entire career. And the second pivot I made was from a business executive to an entrepreneur, Right. Think about I run the Oracle BI consulting practice post-acquisition. And then uh, at the time, uh, Keith Block was EVP of sales. So under his tutelage, I learned the nuances of enterprise solution sales at Oracle. So I then learned marketing and SaaS at Adobe and successfully really led the startup to scale up challenge at Marketo. So my journey led me to recognize the critical gap patterns in growth-driven technology startups that prompt me to become an entrepreneur. So the these two really pivot enable me to become a servant leader and curious, courageous multiplier. Um, you're talking my language on so many levels. How much time you got, Helen? I'd love to die. <laughs> We're gonna take next three hours. What incredible, powerful pivots. And, you know, one of the things that really stuck out, uh, st- stood out to me as you were sharing both of those, 
um, was just how much of a constant learner that you are. You, it's like you soak up new, new knowledge by the hour. Is that is that accurate? I really, I'm a learner. I say life learner, or I always like gravitate to the new things. And then really, you know, anything I read constantly, I talk to people all the time and, and just that's uh, that's kind of what I do as a natural, right? Naturally on a daily basis. Well, uh, Helen, you're going to inspire as you already do, but you're going to inspire a lot of our listeners with what you've already shared. Uh, and I bet you agree there's no finish line when it comes to learning and learning new things, professional development, new challenges, especially as I know you can relate in uh, as an entrepreneur. Um, so I want to pivot this interview. Uh, um, let's talk about, there's, there's three topics I'd love for you to kind of weigh in with your expertise. And the first of them, you and I both are uh, big fans of the manufacturing industry. Um, so starting there, as we approach the new year, uh, hard to believe 2023 is just uh, two weeks around the corner. Um, what are some of your manufacturing industry observations as we move into the new year? That's a great question, Scott. There are two, uh, let me share two observations. Number one is, you know, with inflation, supply chain disruptions, and geopolitical conflicts, we're going through a renaissance of manufacturing in the U.S. AI in smart manufacturing IoT going to be the front and center of the competitive and sustainable advantage in this new era. I expect to see waves of breakthrough innovations throughout the supply chain and manufacturing processes. Number two, you know, the labor star, uh, shortage remains a top challenge. I wrote, wrote about that recently. There will be 2.1 million unfilled jobs in manufacture by 2030, and automation and autonomous machinery will be inevitable. So, you know, to me, there will be massive opportunities for innovation and transformation for manufacturing. Agreed. And and I, I enjoyed, so listeners, if you have not connected or, or follow Helen Yu, we're going to make sure her social media profile is really easy, one click away in the episode notes. But um, I loved your uh, perspective on uh, manu manufacturing talent shifts, both the challenges and how companies are reinventing uh, how they address it in many ways. And uh, you mentioned AI on the front part of your answer. Um, I really enjoyed you. If I get this right, and, and Helen, please correct me. You kind of laid out a timeline, uh, kind of in, in some ways showing critical milestones of how AI has advanced over the years. I love that. I'm a big business history nerd as well. Um, but you've shown it, it continues to evolve and le and make big leaps ahead. Speak to um, kind of how you've seen it evolve uh, via that uh, perspective you shared. Well, I actually started deploying AI since five years ago, right, at the biggest global banks. And I happened to start working with this AI company uh, as a conversational AI company. So uh, really getting my hands on AI taught me um, to, to really understand, right? You know, when it comes to AI, we all know data is so critical. Right. But then you cannot ignore the, the, the factors, important factor would be, you know, trust, right? It's the psychological impact on human is really going to play a major role, continue to play a major role. You think about how we've evolved, right, from just computer programming to now 
human-like response from the chat GPT when it comes to AI is fascinating to see how much we have evolved in the past even 10 years. Massive um, improvement or massive evolution. So to me, you know, especially when it comes to manufacturing, we talk about, you know, it's really we're going to have a lot more breakthroughs in the next even five years, even two to three years. Uh, I'm with you. I, I maybe uh, next two to three months, it feels like at times. Um, hey, speaking of AI, and, and we're going to switch over uh, to customer experience in a minute, get some of your thoughts there. Um, there's a great movie, uh, and I, I've, uh, to our listeners, you probably heard me uh, talk about this before. It's called Her, H-E-R. And it, you know what I'm talking about. It came out like in 2013. And uh, have you seen this movie as well, Helen? In that twice. Oh, really it, enjoyed it. it. Uh, me too. It really is so fascinating, especially, I'm not going to ruin the ending for everybody here, but how where that ends, especially in the last 30 minutes or so of the movie, man, it'll it'll leave you, uh, if you watch it in the theater, watch it at home or whatever, it's going to leave your mind racing with all kinds of questions in terms of the art of the possibles. That, that's, what, uh, uh, that's what it did for me. Helen, you? Yeah. You know, believe it or not, we all live in the world where we have uh, you know, either Siri or, you know, uh, Alexa or Google Home or Apple Home, right? We all live in the world without noticing that we're dealing with that her or him uh, at home constantly. And I think we're going to see more of those happening uh, in the coming years. I agree. I agree. Um, uh, all right. So I got to leave. There's a thousand questions I'd love to pose to you about AI, but for the sake of time, I move into one of one of the other things that you're a big fan of and, and an expert uh, thought leader around customer experience. Right? It's a, it's uh, really interesting how the formal practice of of CX uh, has really you know business leaders are looking for it everywhere and and how to guides of how to really um, elevate the whole customer experience. So what do you? Um, any thoughts about how you see this customer experience uh, space evolve? Well, having been a C-suite executive in customer experience over the years, I'm really passionate about this topic. Um, that being said, there has been quite a bit of misconception when it comes to customer experience. So let's first get a line on what exactly it is. Customer experience to me is not a responsibility of a single department. It is a culture of accountability that requires vision, leadership, and investment in a company-wide competency, right? And for companies to master customer experience, they have to build overarching competency. And then, and also B2B customer experience can be very complex. It is important to understand your customers. What that means is that you have to know what is their perceived value on your product and services. Why did they invest in you in the first place? And then you gotta have an active listening pass to constantly understand what they're talking about you when you're not in the room, right? And then also, you know, providing that consistent, reliable experience is much more appreciated than something, you know, out of the blue surprise, right? And then I also learned that customer loyalty is really fragile. And brands, you know, the brand's employee experience will have a direct impact on their brand reputation and the correlation on that on the customer loyalty, right? Some of the recent events you can tell already, people decide to leave you if you don't, your employees are not being treated fairly. 
And because people have a choice or companies have a choice to decide who they want to work with, so that shared value between you and your target customers or brands are super important for you to understand. You, we could talk about this for hours. I, uh, I love um, uh, how you started with talking about how it's not a single individual's responsibility. It's all the team members in, in terms of optimize, optimizing and protecting the customer experience. And then also, I, I love how one, one of the things you shared there is uh, customers, they care about all certain uh, all, all sorts of types of their experience, including, as you mentioned, how these big brands, well, big and small brands, take care of their own team members. Uh, that's a great call out. I one quick follow-up question, and then we're going to move to um, uh, talking a little more leadership. Do you see in this omni-channel digital commerce world, that we're, you know, era we're, we're moving in, uh, we're already in and, and evolving in, do you see that as uh, more challenging to protect that customer experience, or do you see it kind of on the other side of the spectrum where it opens up new doors of wowing the customer. What's your take there? Well, I always see that as an opportunity, right? I think this is the time, especially when, you know, the, you know, with the current economy, this is a time for the, the companies to really do something different and re, re, revisit, reset, right, what they're doing and then reflect and then really emerge as a leader in driving better customer experience tons of opportunities out there with the technology advancement, with the talents being available, right? Some of the talent being more available due to the tech layoffs. This is a moment to seize the opportunity and then become a better leader in, in the marketplace. Yeah, well said. I love that. Uh, the, the glass certainly uh, half full. I uh, love that. Um, okay. So let's talk leadership. You know, that's that overarching topic. It it it's related to everything. Uh, um, at least that's how I look at it. Um, so you may be like me, Helen. Uh, I'm a regular student of leadership practices as a, as an entrepreneur, as a business leader, and just as a as a leadership nerd, I'll call it. So if if you were speaking to um, uh, let's call it. Uh, uh, thousands of college students or high school students that are about to graduate and enter the world, and they want to they want to do big things like like you've done, Helen. Uh, and of course, that requires great leadership skills. What's a couple of critical uh, leadership practices that you would uh, share with them? So I would uh, share three things. Uh, the first one is being present. It's really important for any any of us to be present, whatever we're doing, either making a presentation or um, really interact with a friend or a colleague. So the ability to focus on something, right, when they're in the moment, focus on that intensely and the ability to collect the information you needed and then make decision uh, in that real time. So that to me is number one, no matter what you're doing, um, what major you select, in what field you're in, this is really a very important skill for any leader or anybody. Number two is the ability to think out of the box, right? You think about, we all have, sometimes we're inundated with, I would say, seeing the forest, not only to, to be in the trees, but also step out of the trees to see the forest. The ability to do that is really help you to see the bigger picture rather than just focus on all the things, you know, that bothers you. And to me, it's like, forget about the 
to-do list, think about the to-be list, right? Ah, what you want to be love that. as a human. And, and then the third way is to go explore life, disconnect right once in a while and get lost in nature, in life, in whatever hobby you decide to do or in the book. So to me, as a human being, no one wants to interact with someone all you talk about is one thing, right? You People want to interact with someone who is interesting, who has more breadth of experience, and then they can learn from. Think about it. Like, for example, when I work with companies, I do a lot of research. I get to know what they are, they, what perceived value. And then if they like horse, I'm going to go learn about horse riding, right. right? I mean, you have to really understand the humans. At the end of the day, the interaction is about the human interaction and what matters to Scott, for example, right? And then, so that's very important to know. And no matter what you do, you know, what field you're in, you have to really learn to understand what matters, the value, perceived value is from the person you're interacting with and always add that value. And in order to do that, you have to disconnect and explore, learn more beyond what you're doing, what your degrees um, taught you. Man, um, we could talk leadership as well. We're gonna have to book. We're gonna have to book uh, more time together, Helen. Um, I love where you started about being present because um, it's ever more challenging in this. You know, with everything, uh, text, social, emails, you know, whatever at our fingertips, it's easy to be distracted. Uh, and uh, I think the best people I've ever worked for and worked with have that ability. To your point of being present in the moment and and making you feel important and what you're sharing with them be important in their priority. The other thing you maybe think of is um, um, not making assumptions, right? With your your uh, second point there, you know, kind of thinking outside the box. We all assume, as humans, we all assume so much. And I think one of the dangerous assumptions we can make in business is how we think things work. And sometimes you got to call time out and you know, value stream map out things or just have conversations with different functional areas of the business to really blow away those assumptions so that you can really make things easier and more successful for all members of the team, right? Absolutely, yeah. Okay, so uh, Helen, I appreciate your expertise and perspective on manufacturing, customer experience, and leadership. And we're gonna have a, we're gonna have a sequel to, to, to uh, today's conversation. Um, I wanna... Um, you're, you've got so much going on. I want to level set with uh, where you are, serve as CEO at, at Tigon Advisory Corp. So tell us, what does that business do? Yeah, I actually started Tigon Advisory as a growth accelerator uh, five years ago. And then during pandemic, I pivoted to guiding organizations through digital transformation, strategic planning, cybersecurity, risk management, go-to-market optimization, and influencer marketing. I'm also a host of the CXO Spice podcast, and that's a platform for industry thought leaders to share their perspective on innovation and how to make it real. So, um, Anne, I love your... Regu uh, first off, uh, I like all of your various content. You know, um, uh, it really uh, it stops and makes you think. Uh, that's one of my, one of your uh, attributes. I love the most. Uh, what is the name of the LinkedIn newsletter do you put out? Uh, LinkedIn articles you put out regularly. 
Yeah, it's called CXO News, uh, CXO Spice Newsletter. The reason I name it CXO Spice because the target audience is CXO. They're the decision makers. Spice has a meaning, right? Uh, S, I mean, that name is inspired by Iron Man, my favorite uh, Marvel. Um, so S is really the uh, scenario or scope of the discussion. And then P stands for point of view. And then I is um, really represents innovation. Uh, C is for CXO, and then E is execution to how you make it happen in real world. I love that. I never knew his acronym. Uh, I thought it was about the the spicy nature of the conversations and the hot takes. So I love we we love our acronyms around here uh, in the world of supply chain. Um, all right, so folks, got to check that out. Uh, check out the podcast, and then the other thing I want to suggest to people because I've got two copies of your book uh, on the way to it to me now. And your book was entitled Ascend Your Startup, Conquer the Five Disconnects to Accelerate Growth. And it's been really well received. It has won awards at uh, the New York Book Festival. It's been a Wall Street Journal bestseller even. And I'm probably even leaving some out. So clearly it's resonated with the market. Tell us, um, Helen, what was your why of writing this book? Well, the why behind ascending Mount Everest space camp was to keep a sacred promise to my grandmother, and that was leave her ashes on a tall mountain. I was raised by grandmother, and before she passed away, she said three things to me. Stay special, make the world proud, and spread my ashes to a tall mountain. So grandmother was my world. Right? She always give and never ask anything from others. So writing this book is to honor the grit and resilience grandma taught growing up and honor the grit resilience it takes to scale a startup. Um, man, uh, and to honor her wishes and, and to share um, her love for others by helping others through uh, all the different ways, your book, your podcast, all of your content, uh, the, your advisory services that you do. I bet she is extremely proud. And uh, and you know what, Helen? The way I look at it is we're all just getting started, right? We're all just getting started. There's so much more to come. Um, all right, so folks, um, if you want to, so Helen, folks want to connect with you. Maybe they want to um, uh, work with you, collaborate with you, have you come in as a keynote. I know you do a lot of keynoting. Uh, a lot of different content. What's the easiest way for folks to connect with you? Well, thank you, uh, Scott. I mean, they can always find me through LinkedIn. Uh, as you we mentioned earlier, I publish weekly CXO Spice newsletter on LinkedIn. They can also find me on Twitter. My handler is YU, uh, Helen YU. And then I also have a CXO Spice YouTube channel. They can, you know, Google CXO Spice Helen Yu, it will pop up. I also have my personal website, taigongadvisory.com. By the way, I launched my book through NFT version as well. So if they want a copy of my book with autograph, they can DM me. Uh, you know, they can purchase the book from me directly or through Amazon, or they can go to the website to even grab a copy of NFT. So there are a lot of uh, options out there. It's everywhere. It's taking over the book scene, and I can't wait to read it. Uh, and then again, folks, that was Ascend Your Startup, Conquer the Five Disconnects to Accelerate Growth. Um, Helen, as I suspected, um, you know, 30 minutes or so, whatever the recording time is here, doesn't do you justice and doesn't do your journey justice, but I'm so glad 
that you're able to carve out some time and spend uh, with us and, and share your expertise and thought leadership and perspective, including those two big pivots with our global audience. Thank you so much, Helen Yu, CEO at uh, Tigon Advisory Corporation. Thank you for having me, Scott. All right, folks. Man, uh, I don't know about you, but I'm ready to run through the wall back behind me. I love Helen's journey. I love how she shared it and really centered a lot of a lot of what she does around those critical lessons learned spending time with with uh, her family, all the brothers and cousins, but especially her grandmother. That really resonates with me. Uh, folks, hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to find Supply Chain now wherever you get your podcast from. Subscribe so you don't miss anything like this with uh, this episode with uh, Helen Yu. You can find us on YouTube. Hey, as, as Helen mentioned, that's an easy place to engage in content. Uh, add your comments, you name it. On behalf of our entire team here at Supply Chain Now, hey, Scott Luton challenging you to do good, to give forward, and to be the change, be like hell and you. And with that said, we'll see you next time right back here at Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at supplychainnow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts. And follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now. Supply Chain Now.